<sighs> All right. So we begin in our heart. We begin with an awareness of our yearning to know and to recall our true identity as perfect. We are grateful to come together to lay aside all that is false, all that does not serve, all that is unhelpful and distracting. We are grateful to join together to focus our attention on the truth. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We're allowing ourselves to experience the fullness of love and to recognize that our holiness is intact. We are grateful and thankful to come together in a healing, nourishing, discovering conversation. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Uh, Sue, did you I, find... Yeah, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Are the people having a problem hearing me too? No? I had that problem before, but I had to raise my volume higher than usually, and then I could hear. So just check your volume. Yeah, maybe you can do that too. Not as loud, Jennifer. Yeah. I, I know the Internet's going in and out today pretty intensely. So... Um, I'm not good at shouting, so I'm, I'm going to, can you turn up your volume at all, Sue? I did. Everybody else is very loud, but you're uh, not. <laughs> that's, that's what I, happens. I'm going to pause the recording and come back. <laughs> so this week, what I feel guided for us to talk about is um, stress. And uh, I thought it was brilliant that uh, Hawkins said in his book about stress, got quite a, quite a bit on stress there. And he talks about is when you've given your power to external events and situations, then there's stress. And mm -hmm. that's what causes the stress. And we all intellectually, we all know that the stress is in our mind. It's not in the world. Mm. Uh, not for us because we're not being tortured. We're not in a concentration camp. We're not threatened with violence or anything that would be really at the level of the mind in, in terms of our life is threatened, that kind of thing. So is anybody here not experiencing stress at any time ever? <laughs> so would it be safe to say, would you raise your hand if you experience some stress sometimes? All the time, more. Okay, so this apparently spirit was right for a change about what we should discuss. All right, so... Would we, let's be clear here, are we intentionally desiring to live a stress-free life? Stress-free life. Yes. And I, I think it's helpful to say, yes, I'd like to live a stress-free life. That's my intention. Holy Spirit, make it so. So let's, let's all say our own version of that. Um, 
and and I invite you to I'm just muting everyone <coughs> say it out loud for yourself right now I'm intending to live a, a, a peaceful harmonious life and leave behind all even memory of stress gone forever Holy Spirit I give all the causes of stress to you for healing I thank you for my healing I claim it right now hey Joe awesome all right no more stress so we we got that done now let's go to another topic no i'm just kidding he's kidding so uh <laughs> i think one of the things that uh i can see now looking back over my life is that i used to be so reactive and i would react with anger with irritation with frustration I would lash out. Uh, so funny, I get my own text messages. It says, I'm willing to love. I'm not interested in my opinions anymore. Phew. Yep. So that's how I feel. So, so I really, harmony is, is really my, my highest value. How, how do you, what's the, if you think about, do you know what is the driving value in your life? For me, it's really, it's achieving harmony, maintaining harmony, and living in harmony. Uh, I, those of you who did the Enneagram work, you'll remember that I'm an eight. So I have a nine wing and nines are, I, I say, I, when people say, what, what's the primary characteristic of a nine? I say, well, they would gnaw off their arm to avoid any conflict. They just really, they are willing to do whatever it takes for there to be peace, including eating a pile of garbage or something like that. And that's not me. I mean, that's, an, I, I, you know, I'm saying that as a complete overstatement. Rosalind, I could see your eyes. You're looking. Hmm, is that true? What is? What is it? What would you say the the overarching thing about the nine is? They're the peacemakers, right? They're the peacemakers, and I would say not that way. You're right. I would say that um, a high value for them is peace, and they are uh, they strive for peace, and sometimes the high side of that is that they would be some of the great peacemakers in the world. And the low side of that would be going to sleep to themselves in order to feel peaceful with the quote-unquote stress around them or the perceived stress. Yeah, thank you for that. I've seen a number of nines do that. And also I do that sometimes go to sleep to my own feelings like I will... Uh, just say, well, I'm going to deal with that internally rather than externally in order to have peace externally. And people who are ones have a nine wing and they might do the same thing. Anything else you want to share about that, Rosalind? Um, just, I, I, you know, lately in my conversations with people, um, they've been going to a higher level. Those people who took to the Enneagram, that's not everybody. But they have been going to what does it look like to go to your wings or your arrows 
So it's kind of amazing that you're bringing that up because, you know, you, when you go to your wing, you don't become that other Enneagram. You just are picking up the flavorings. So if, if somebody was very reactive in their eightness as you used to be, it would be very advantageous to look at some of the skills of nines to, because, because your wings and your arrows are easily accessible to a person. So I just wanted to promote that idea in people who are um, using their Enneagrams. That is brilliant. Thank you for that. That is brilliant. And before I knew about the Enneagram, that's exactly what I did. I, I re recognized that I had this very high value of harmony, which is slightly different than peace to me. The harmony, um, if you think of voices singing together in a choir, which I did for many years, they, they have very distinct voices. They're singing at different uh, pitches. And, um, you know, you can have the high notes and the low notes and the altos and all the different, in, they're harmonizing together, blending together to bring forth and create something beautiful. So that's to me what harmony is why, and the distinction between harmony as a spiritual quality versus peace at a spiritual qual as a spiritual quality. So peace as a spiritual quality is really everything is in perfect order. There's no conflict. Uh, it's I, in some ways it may be difficult to describe peace as uh, as itself. It's often easier to describe peace as the absence of conflict, the absence of um, violence or the absence of difficulty because peace is our natural state, but we're not fully in touch with it. And um, so to me, peace is really living in the space of all is well. And there's a kind of joy. It's quiet. It's not, you know, excitement and happiness, as you described the, dis the distinction, but it's not nothing. So when we say the absence, you know, people might go to the nothingness, which is, which is also something, but um, peace has that feeling of well-being, if you don't want to use the word joy, that everything's fine where, where, wherever it is, however it is. Yes, well said. And uh, as I was reading something or listening to Venerable uh, yesterday or the day before where she was talking about the vastness and the emptiness. So, And this is very much akin to what Hugh Lin is saying when he's talking about the zero state. He's talking about that emptiness that the Buddhists talk, talk about. So when we're in that place of emptiness... It's what, what we experience in that place of emptiness is we experience without any uh, problems or um, degradation, we experience the fullness of the spiritual qualities. We experience the fullness of harmony and peace and joy and freedom and wisdom, abundance, clarity, prosperity, wholeness, everything together all at once blending in harmony, we could say. So 
uh, it, it is worthwhile to contemplate what is your highest value. So for me, my highest value is harmony. And uh, somebody saying something? No. Uh, so uh, there's no place for stress in a life of harmony. Uh, so I really saw many years ago the value of working at the level of the mind. Uh, this was actually one of my earliest spiritual realizations when I started to really learn to love myself in my late 20s. I saw the value of, oh, peace is in my mind. Peace is in my choices. And distress is in my mind. It's in my choices. Life is not happening to me. It's happening by me. Now, I, I couldn't have articulated it that way 30 years ago, but I began to recognize this was the truth and that I was the decision maker. I was the decider. And so uh, as I got into my spiritual studies, I recognized that, uh, that it is... Um, Oh, <laughs> beat each other there. Okay, so uh, the externals, I, I, I would never have been able to articulate, but I began to recognize that the externals that were pushing my buttons, so the subway train that never comes, because I was living in Manhattan at the time, or the boyfriend that doesn't call, or the milk that I just spilled all over the floor, or whatever it is that I think is bothering me is not actually bothering me. It's how I view it and how I think about it that is bothering me. And we all say we get this, right? We all, we've heard this a million times. We know this, we get this but it's not exactly how we live. So masterful living is about living this. So just taking another layer here where we can work with actual things that are going on. If you can think about uh, any time recently when you became stressed, you can think about a time recently when you became stressed. I'm just gonna invite you to think about it right now. So uh, you became, maybe you became anxious. And sometimes stress will affect us differently, right? Um, when sometimes when people, let's actually, let, this is what I'd like to invite people to share about. When there's stress, what are the kinds of feelings that you're having? or that you have had in the past that you can recognize. When you feel stressed, how do you feel physically and emotionally? How are you feeling? Anybody like to share that? Rosalind? Uh, yeah, I had a wonderful um, example recently, so I won't tell the example, but I'll say the feeling or that um, it's too much and I'm not enough. This is too big. And how, 
how are you feeling? Um, anxious, um, scared, overwhelmed. Um, maybe I hadn't thought about this part when I reviewed that situation, but I think I was resentful and so maybe angry. Mm. Take it off my plate, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Anybody have any other emotions or feelings that come up uh, that Rosalind didn't mention? Can you notice anything when you feel stressed that comes up emotionally? Sue? What, one second. Go ahead. Poor me. Poor me. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what's the emotion of that? Self-pity. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a bad one. <laughs> well, it's good to recognize it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a bummer. Carla? Gotcha. Is it, I don't know if this is emotion. Powerlessness. Is that an emotion? Well, it's not an emotion. Uh, so much, uh, but that's that's fine. It's it's a great descriptor. I saw other people nodding their heads. So powerless, um, and I can I can start naming a handful of things that go right along with that. Do you have any that you can think of, Carla? Feelings. Yeah, or or you know, powerless. You could say you feel powerless. Uh, you know, a lot of times powerlessness is considered more of a perception, but we, we know what you mean when you're saying you feel powerless. I, yeah. I, I can think of some other possible ways to describe it. Well, I was, I just what came up to me when I was reading that stress thing, that whenever I want something to be different than what it is, and that's when I feel powerless because, and I'm, I'm not accepting I'm judging that something about myself, like, um, should I give an example? Yeah. So yesterday I was doing, I was doing moving gravel and it was very taxing physically for me. And, and I'm judging how comparing how it's so much more taxing now than it was a year ago or prior. And so I'm feeling powerless and sad, I think. Sad because, I don't know, maybe because I'm judging. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So is that what you asked? Well, I'm really glad you said that because that was something I was feeling originally that for some people they go to sad. Consciously or unconsciously. Yeah, so I'm very glad you said that. Thank you. Any, any other things that you can see, Jenny? Uh, yeah, frustration and irritation and panic. Panic. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I can 
feel all of those. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, if I feel when powerlessness comes up, sometimes for me there's rage as an emotion. Yeah. Because I because I feel powerless, then it's and that kind of frustration underneath that can be kind of rage. Just yes, that's yeah. very normal. Mm -hmm. It's very normal that when people feel rage, they do feel the fear is that I'm powerless and I'm being attacked and I'm powerless or I'm about to be attacked or I could be attacked and it's an intense protect anger is always it doesn't seem like it but it's it's the it's a protective device for those who feel um, that they're being attacked or about to be attacked or they feel um, there's a threat of being hurt in a way that they've been hurt before and they haven't recovered from. So rage is, uh, in my experience, it's an extreme uh, expression of great concern of being injured. And, and if, you, if you feel powerless, if you believe even for an instant that you're powerless, it, it, you know, it very much can be identity threatening, life threatening, and rage would be a great deterrent to an attacker. So it's a defense. Mm -hmm. Joe? I can unmute you. Let's see if I can. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for me, it's a lot of guilt coming up. So if there is stress, I feel guilty that probably I wanted too much, what I do not deserve. So it's a little bit like a parent who is saying you tried to eat too many sherries and you shouldn't because uh, you will get a stomach problem afterwards or so. So, um, yeah, I feel, I feel guilty. Mm -hmm to be uh, to, to wanting too much and not deserving. Yeah, and I can certainly see how feeling very guilty would be very stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm getting into the stress because I'm doing too much because I want too much, so. <laughs> Ah, yes, that's very clear. Yes. All right, thank you for that. That's a really good one. Anand? Yeah, uh, I noticed that when I, when I do feel stressed, um, it takes the form of anxiety or a feeling of suffocation. Um, and I physically feel like I get these weird symptoms like that I can't, I feel like I can't breathe. Like I literally feel like I can't breathe. Um, I feel like a weight on me, that kind of a thing. And it feels very physical. Um, and I've learned to deal with it by just not reacting to it and then just kind of just waiting. And then it just goes away. So it's just kind of this weird thing. It's like something feels like it grabs me and, uh, makes me feel very um, 
I don't know what it is. It's just like a choking sensation, really. Um, but I've learned to deal with it. So it does go away. So it doesn't bother me. Uh, it doesn't escalate. Um, but yeah, that's what happens for me these days with, with stress. So you can think about that choking sensation, your throat chakra. Have you done any of the um, throat chakra things in the workbooks? Not in the workbooks, but I used to teach uh, a two-day meditation workshop on the seven chakras through my guru. And so I learned about what it is that locks all the chakras and what opens all of them. And so what I was taught, and so I don't know, there's various different ways to go about it. There's a lot of people who look at it differently, but what I was taught was that with the throat chakra that it gets the the meaning the the Sanskrit word for throat chakra is the um, vishuddhi chakra and um, shuddhi means purity and vi, vi, the vi in front of shuddhi means beyond so there's three ways to look at purity there's ashuddhi and there's shuddhi ashuddhi means non-pure impure so ashuddhi means impure and shuddhi just by itself means purity so if you add the a it sort of negates the purity, which makes it impure, just like I am makes pure the opposite, impure versus pure. Then the VI in front of it means beyond, beyond purity and impurity. When What that implies is that the Vishuddhi Chakra cannot actually be ever, is beyond being pure or impure. We're beyond, it's beyond that. And so what I was taught was that what really affects it is comparison, and what allows us to uh, unlock it, or if we have problems with it, it's it's going beyond comparison, which means understanding your uniqueness. So creativity of any kind is supposed to help with that. And I did. I used to teach a meditation that I used to do to help with it. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, the meditation was really interesting. I'll just explain it really quickly. Is that what it was? Was that you would spend 20 minutes walking with a walking at a certain pace, but over the 20 minutes you would keep increasing your pace, but you're never allowed to reduce your pace of walking. Um, so you kind of had to be a little bit smart about how fast you wanted to pick up the pace. Because if you think about it over 20 minutes, I mean, that's a long time to keep picking up your pace. And if you can't slow down, you reach a point where you're really going to, you're going to your full limits. And that's the idea of the meditation is to get to your limit and go beyond your limit and also to focus on that energy center while you do it the whole time. So for 20 minutes, you, you do that process of walking and focusing on that energy center. And then after the 20 minutes, you just stop. Everybody just stops the meditation and they just sit down. And then it's like a guided meditation with music. So when the meditation stops, you just sit down wherever you are and you just focus on the energy center. And it really is, I've done it, you know, I've done it many times, at least three times I've done this meditation. And, um, and I used to teach it as well. And so it was very profound. And I'm glad you mentioned it because I'm going to try, I go, I do walk, you know, I try to go on the treadmill and walk. And um, I do feel better after I walk. And I had forgotten about this meditation, actually, <laughs> that it really used to help me a lot. So no, I haven't. I, I should try the ones in the journal, you know, for sure, about the throat chakra. 
But I just thought I would, you know, mention about that whole chakra thing because I used to, you know, I used to be pretty uh, involved in that. That's great. That's great. I'm glad it came up. Yeah, thank you for that. And also I can, it, it, in, in the beyond impurity and beyond purity, so our throat chakra is about calling things into being with our thought and our word. Right. And so the the action of cause and effect, it's it's non-judgmental. It, it's not comparing. It, it just responds to our thought and our word uh, with absolute um, impersonal. It's completely impersonal. So beyond purity and impurity makes a great deal of sense. Yeah, yeah. The, so if you read the Sanskrit word, you'll see that that is the word. Exactly. It's vishuddhi. So, yeah, yeah. So comparison blocks it up because it divides us. Um, so that's why it's a straight up block um, in a sense because of that idea of division and the idea that we're separate. That comparison uh, bleeds into that. Uh, idea and um but yeah so so yeah the uniqueness that we're all unique even though we're all one we're we are express ourselves uniquely so that embracing your uniqueness and embracing um not comparing yourself to the, your past self not comparing yourself to other people allows your energy flow to completely um expand tremendously um because you start thinking in a very different way. You don't think in opposites. You think in a more of a flow, an infinite flow, rather, um, because you're not working through comparisons. You're working through truth. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you, Anand. You're welcome. Thank you. So let me ask people here, then, any other ways that you experience in an emotional or feeling way stress just looking to identify any other ways that stress might be hidden in our experience because we don't identify let's say sadness with stress or rage even with stress jenny yeah hurt hurt yeah all right yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it like that, but that's definitely something that's been coming up. Okay. For me recently. And I, I guess it's it's running in the background. Right. And I don't I didn't notice it maybe until the irritation indicated it, you know. Got it. The irritation of being like snappy or or leave me alone, you know, 'cause and the leave me alone part is there's hurt here. That's uh, you know, that's on the surface that I'm trying to protect. Yes. And uh, let's see, Rosalind, did you raise your hand? Yes, um, I would like to share something that was very, very helpful to me in my development, both spiritually and psychologically. And that's, um, and, the, and the course backs this up when they say there's no little anger, there's no little attack, you know, we like to think of, you know, nuclear weapons are a big attack. And if we say something with our words, it's not, um, and that's just dramatic. But what helped me was because I'm, I'm, I did, I've never had access to rage, 
but I certainly have access to anger. But even more in my personality, it was useful to see that frustration, being ticked off, all these minimalist words are still anger. And whether it's as big as rage, none of that matters. What matters is identifying it as anger. And pain is another one. You know, we want to say hurt or something small, ignored or um, feeling slighted. Those don't sound so big to us. And we need to make it as big as it needs to be in order to deal with it, to face it and to let it go. So uh, the words that were given uh, to us as therapists, there were these seven words. And they asked us to take our small feeling like frustrated or ticked off and use the bigger word. So the feelings were anger and fear. They were in pairs joy and pain, guilt and shame, and lust. And lust doesn't need to be just sexual. It's just that wanting more and that drive for, for that angst, whatever, whatever one feels in, in, in the experience of lustiness. And that was extremely helpful to me to be able to say, um, I'm feeling pain rather than, Hurt because hurt for me always brought up the story. Oh, that person did this and that, so it was justified. But if I feel pain, I have to own that. I can't say they made me feel pain. Yeah. So, anyway, I just wanted to share that. Oh, that's beautiful. Really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask about a restlessness. Restlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, would, that feels where that would fit in. What, yeah. what was the question there, Karine? I was trying to see where it would fit in with the things that, uh, with the emotions that uh, Rosalind just gave. Okay, Rosalind, you want to? Yeah, I, I would say, is there any pain in restlessness? Is there, is there any? Just even small amount. Well, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's okay. like one there you go. And I'm glad you asked that, Kareem, because then what we would do would go, okay, that may not be the whole picture of restlessness. So there is some anger. Is there any anger? There was pain. Is there any anger? Not on the surface. I mean, not that not I could even think just of a little frustration a little frustration yeah yeah well frustration that's exactly what we're talking about so frustration do you think frustration is on the continuum of anger just a small little anger yeah maybe maybe it would have to be like maybe way way back deep maybe well even if it's a little ticked off you know that's what, that's what using these seven feelings helps us take it from the small and just give it a bigger name so we can deal with it. Because restlessness, it's so hard to deal with. But but we can face, if there's some a little bit of anger and a little bit of pain, now we have something to deal with. So that, that's, the, that's the use of it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I heard you say anger, fear, joy, pain, and then there was guilt and shame. Shame, okay, and then lust, okay. Yeah. 
And, and everybody knows the difference between psychologically between guilt and shame. Yeah, so so guilt, guilt is when you've done something wrong, you feel, and there's something you can do about it. Um, and shame is a being wound where you feel like you are wrong. It feels more like a spiritual wound. There's nobody to apologize unless it's to God or, you know, it's, it feels like a being wound rather than a doing wound. So helpful, Anand. And uh, but, but you know what, Anand? Before Elizabeth had raised her hand a while back, I, I was just thinking of um, of an event that I experienced here just a few days ago, and it was a trigger for me. And so I was trying to figure it out, uh, but I definitely was feeling very triggered, and so I was feeling um, upset. Uh, irritated, uh, fight or flight was, that button was pushed, and, and I just sat with all of it, uh, uh, trying to figure it out. So, so it was, um, it was like a flashback experience to uh, my younger life with my sister, and uh, the event was happening with my granddaughter, and, and so uh, the fear came from, um, I, I don't want a bad outcome to uh, uh, happen in my granddaughter's life. And, and so, uh, and I felt powerless and, you know, cause she's not my child, she's my granddaughter. And, and so I was just feeling like all the above, but it started with a trigger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Anand, did you want to share something? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, when you talked about stress and the feelings that we get from stress and mm -hmm. everything we've been talking about, um, lately, I, you know, I've been working on the Course in Miracles uh, workbook lessons this year. I've been taking my sweet time with them. So I'm at the review. Uh, I met the first review, and I got to these review lessons once before, some years back, but this time they're like, so much more interesting and better for me because I really, a lot of the sort of uh, the obstacles that I had before are not there. So I'm kind of understanding it a lot. It's a lot simpler this time. But what I wanted to say in terms of stress and all that is uh, it really reminded me of this review lesson on 51. It's the fifth lesson you do in the, in the very beginning, fifth workbook lesson altogether. But I didn't understand it until I got to the reviews lesson. So the lesson was, I'm never upset for the reason I think, right? So we all know that, you know, that's not, we're not upset for the reason we think. And then I realized when I got to the review lesson that, you know, they never did explain why I'm upset. They said, oh, you know, I'm never upset for the reason I think, but why the heck am I upset then, right? So. They did like a bunch of Karate Kid type stuff on us in, in workbook lessons because they didn't tell us or, you know, Jesus or whatever didn't say, well, you're, you're doing this lesson. Sometimes he says, okay, this is why you're doing the lesson. Sometimes he doesn't. He just like do this five times a day and then moves on to the next lesson, do this five times a day. So you're like doing wax on, wax off for like 50 days, right? You don't know why you're doing it. And then all of a sudden Mr. Miyagi comes in. And it's like, well, now you're doing this so that you can do all these moves, you know. So 
thought it was really cool, actually. So anyway, to get to my point is that um, the, I'm never upset for the reason I think. So the explanation they give you in the review session, I think, is super applicable to um, uh, the I'm never upset for the reason I think. The answer to that, I think, is really, if you look at it in this angle, is really helpful. For It was for me, and I, you know, I'll read it now. So it says here in the review, I'm never upset for the reason I think because I am constantly trying to justify my thoughts. I'm constantly trying to make them true. I make all things my enemies so that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted. I have not realized how much I have misused everything I see by assigning this role to it. I have done this to defend a thought system that has hurt me and that I no longer want, I'm willing to let it go. So I thought, you know, when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, now they finally explained it. That's why I'm upset because I'm never upset at, you know, because it's bad weather or because my tire was flat or whatever. I'm never upset for that. I'm always upset because I'm trying to justify the whole attack system. It's like you have, you're armed with nuclear arsenal in your mind. And you know it because you know the power of your mind on some level. And you're sitting there trying to make everything your enemy, and you're sitting there trying to condemn everything on some level. And then this is causing a great amount of upset in our body because you, you, can, you can imagine somebody who's being attacked by, like, uh, enemy troops, and they're hidden behind some sort of weird shelter that's not really good. And they've got all these arms behind them, and they're just waiting to shoot at the enemy, right? And they're freaked out. They're pumped up. they got adrenaline flowing. And if you have adrenaline flowing, you probably got the fight-or-flight syndrome going too, which is all going on and which is all the cause of stress, really, is because we're getting ready to beat the crap out of everybody around us. And we're doing that to justify this anger, which is all there so we can support this crazy thought system. So ultimately, just letting that all go will bring peace, you know? And now I'm experiencing that peace tremendously by the non-judgment. You know, when I have a thought, I don't react. I don't judge it. I don't make anything my enemy. But I am noticing now when I look at everything, what's coming up in my mind. If I see my kitchen looks slightly dirty, it's coming in my mind. If I look at the wall, there's a crack, I see the crack. If I look at a person and they're not smiling at me, I think, you know, the first thought is maybe they're mad at me or what's up with this person or they don't like me or whatever. So... I'm constantly trying to justify this thought system. And I let it go, and I let it go, and that is the answer. But it was super eye-opening for me to do this review lesson because uh, the first time I did that lesson five, I didn't understand this. And now I'm like, wow. So that's what's going on. So I wanted to share that. Beautiful. And I see you there, Maggie. One sec. So I'm never stressed for the reason I think. Yeah. And uh, I'm so glad for the reminder of that review section. It's just so fantastically well articulated and so helpful. And for me, I, I'm always upset because of the meaning I'm making of things. That's it. I'm always upset because of my perspective. Pain is a wrong perspective. So... Thank you. Okay, Maggie. And then does anybody also have any more additional
kinds of upsets. I just want to like see if we can get them all out and we're going to go into a breakout. So Maggie. All right. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I just wanted to um, follow up and kind of thank everyone for um, letting me share last week and for your words to me, Jennifer, and the discussion. Um, it really was a turnaround for me. Um, I had really been in a funk for maybe three weeks or so, and I really just, I felt so much lighter, and I really did the, I'm seeing the good in, there's good in this somehow, and I, I applied the discussion that we had about rituals, and um, have been doing the release and clear in the evenings, um, as well, and I just, and I also hadn't written music in several weeks between having been so getting ready for that performance at the end of May and then my cat dying and everything. And I think I've been a little afraid of doing that too, which is a big way that I connect to spirit. Mm. And um, since this call last week, I also just felt a real opening and a willingness and, and um, was able to get writing again. Um, and, and um, so I just wanted to really thank you and everyone that that was really, really helpful for me last week. And I appreciate having a, a place like this where we can be so vulnerable. There's not many places where you can really be this vulnerable um, and be supported in the in the way that we support each other here. So I just really appreciate everyone, you know, for that last week and just wanted to let you all know um, that I'm just feeling so much better. So that was all. That's wonderful, yay, yes. You know, and, and that's the thing that I've seen with Masterful Living is that being able to share our vulnerability in a group it is it releases so much shame that hidden shame that we have that is bad and wrong to be vulnerable or to be upset or to be angry or afraid or anything like that that somehow all of that is bad and not good and I, I'm always uh, surprised how many adults tell me that their parents said something to them like, uh, you know, stop your crying or I'll give you something to cry about or some sort of thing that people feel really um, that it is not cool to say how you feel. It's not safe. And so I've just found so much healing happens because of being able to be transparent in a group. And it only works because we're all committed to practicing non-judgment. But, you know, we can do the same thing in our families. We can practice total non-judgment in our families and then our families become a safe space. Um, I've seen that in all my relationships, every single one of them, is the more I practice non-judgment, the more everyone in the group feels safe. Yeah. 
Thank you, Maggie. All right, so here comes the breakout. Breakout is about, uh, if you can talk about one or two uh, times in recent memory when you were stressed, maybe particularly stressed, or maybe it's something you feel stressed about right now, and to really identify what it is you're feeling exactly beyond stressed as we just did, and also to recognize that, okay, stress comes from thinking that we're powerless over externals. Right or that we're we're subject to what's going on in the externals, that 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 is what. Uh, let's see. I think I can find here. What was it that Hawkins said? Oh sure, now I can't find it. Um, stress comes from our giving externals power over our life. So stress, if, if, if stress comes from giving externals power over our life, in your particular stressful situation or experience, where did you give the power to? Where did you give your power to? And what would you have to think in order to take it back. What did you give the power to? What would you have to know in order to take it back? What would you have to think or believe or know in order to take it back? Make sense? Any questions? All right, give me one moment here. I'm just going to mention something. Uh, occasionally, not not here now. I'm not concerned about it. But occasionally, what happens in your uh, in some of the classes is people will say, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to jump out and not do the breakout." And I've organized the breakouts, and then they're disorganized because one or two people will decide not to participate in the breakout. Usually, only happens in year one. But I'm just going to mention it. If you ever feel like I can't do the breakout or I was just about to leave because I have to go, whatever, uh, if you can always just tell me, hey, I can't participate in the breakout. Just, just saying that. All right, here we go. Here we go. So, um, Rosalind, did you wish to start? Oh, hang on a sec. Let me unmute you. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to share with Kareen because I thought we had such a beneficial session. And you already know part of this, uh, Jennifer, but uh, I had an incident where I got to see the state of my mind by creating a big mess in in my house. And so there were notes, all small little notes all over my desk rather than one pad of all the things I have to do for a week's um, different memorials. And then... Um, I really wasn't in touch with my state of mind until I emptied a drawer that didn't need to be emptied this week. And I had all the contents all over the floor and an unmade bed. So you get the picture. I don't need to go on. I'm looking at a mess and saying, oh, that's the condition of my mind. What's wrong here? Oh, 
So you talked about the highest value that you have being harmony. My highest value is being carried. Mm. And so I got to see, oh, um, I surely learned that on the Camino and got a great demonstration of it. And I am doing the opposite of that now. I am controlling, I'm managing, and you know what? Nothing is working. Nothing is moving off my list. People aren't calling back or there's some unfinished thing. And it was like, oh, I get it. Here's another way to do this. And so um, we had a very fruitful group because Maggie was saying something about her performance. And I had been telling her yesterday I know she wouldn't mind my saying this, that she was very focused on success. So I took Maggie here today and remembering what she said yesterday and said, oh, if I were curious about the outcome of these memorial events for Melissa, rather than so focused on them being either perfect or good or whatever unnamed words I had for them, but if I was curious, what a different energy state that is for me. And and knowing with the curiosity that it's all for my good and the good of everyone there, I can go along not just being carried, but being open to the outcome. And then I'm going to turn it over to Kareen because we had two more words besides curiosity, because I asked them, does curiosity open you as well? And they said yes, and then Kareen, you can take it from there. Well, uh, Maggie's word was uh, receptivity, Um, because, you know, just being receptive, knowing that God is always with us and providing for us, and just being receptive to that. And that brought me to welcome, the word welcome, and uh, how important it is to have others feel welcome. Because I listened to someone talk about it, and it was such a big, I mean, it was a whole hour talk on just welcome, you know, and uh, it opened my heart. And when I thought about that, I said, well, in order for me to help someone feel welcome, How about if I help myself to feel welcome in all the invitations of spirit and God and all these beautiful spiritual qualities? So that's um, what we went through. Yeah, that was our share. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Wonderful. I think we all dropped down with those words to an almost unnameable space. You know, they 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 lead to that space, but they don't speak to that space. Mm-hmm. And just as a plus on your text this morning, when I was feeling a little bit anxious, um, the text was, let me be still and listen to the truth. So that came right on time in the midst of that moment. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you both for sharing that. Anybody else like to share any ahas or insights from your breakout? 
Anand? Well, um, one thing that I realized that gave me a lot of stress or problems, I guess, in my life was uh, was uh, being too concerned about other people's opinions about me and wanting them to be a certain way with me. And then um, the idea about how to uh, go beyond that, like what are the, what would you have to think or know or believe to take that power back from their expectation or my reliance on their expectation of their approval right. um, is really to uh, remember who I am, remember you know my true identity, remember that um, I cannot be affected by any lack of love and that um, just remembering that and remember that I'll be okay no matter what, how somebody treats me, that it, like I will be fine. I am unaffected by it. And then ultimately that whole like be the change you want to see, you know, like you get what you give type of thing. Like if, you know, I don't, I, I, I used to get upset that I would do certain things or try to give, and not get the, you know, get it back the way I wanted it to, or get it back right away, or have people, you know, people have their own hurt and problems and struggles that they're going through. So I might be trying to give something or help something somebody in a certain way, but it may it may be falling to deaf ears because that's not what's needed at the time. So um, so basically, what I guess I'm saying is that um, understanding that I don't need their approval. And that I, I just tell myself it's, it's just going to be fine regardless of um, how they react to what I have done or not done. Like if I haven't done something that I was supposed to do and somebody gets upset with me, not fueling that fire, not attacking ever, regardless of how bad the attack may be against me, um, that's really been the helpful thing for me is just remembering that, remembering that. It's never okay to attack. I can always have control over it. I don't have any buttons that anybody can push. I'm the one pushing the buttons. So if there's a trigger, it's my hand on the trigger, not anybody else's. And so if my hand's on the trigger, I'm controlling who pulls the trigger. So if anybody is like, if I'm like telling myself that, hey, that person pushed my buttons, I'm like, no, I don't have buttons. I'm pushing them. So it's up to me to look at what, when I think somebody pushed my buttons, I mean, am I a robot? No. I'm, I'm consciousness. I'm awareness. I have patience. I can pause before I react. Um, so once I realize that, then I have the decision power to choose not to react and to choose to walk away from conflict and not to get angry. And if I notice myself get angry, I have the power to walk away and not feed into it and just drop it. Because it takes two to tango, and if one person stops dancing, the other person can't dance by themselves. That's right. And so we are eliminating the cause of stress. Yeah, because that's the whole thing I was talking about was the justification of my thought system, which is making everybody my enemy. So if I stop making everybody my enemy, boom, done, over. If I defend myself, I'm attacked. Yeah. That that's a beautiful share, Anand. I I just have to comment that I've noticed. It seems like with every passing month, you are sharing with ever more clarity. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, I feel I do feel like it. I I feel more clear for sure. 
And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a practice, 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 you know, and <laughs> it's, it has, you know, yeah, it's, it's making more sense. I'm doing, I'm more active than I was even at the start of the year. You know, I'm going to a new Course in Miracles group on Mondays uh, near, you know, about half an hour away from here. I've been very regular about it. And uh, just all of our stuff that we're doing, everything, it just adds up, you know, and then and not giving up on the workbook lessons. And then the study buddy thing has been helping a lot too. So, you know, just thanks for all the opportunities, you know, because yeah. uh, a lot of times I don't, I, can, I have a hard time pushing myself to do things, but, you know, I can tell myself, hey, I'll join the call or, hey, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I meet my, get my appointment. I'll make sure I go to this meeting and then the work gets done, you know? Yes. That's beautiful. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, so effects, cause and effects. So we're, we're seeing the, the effects and looking more closely at the cause and recognizing that we can shift out of that cause. This for me is one of the most helpful things in my life is realizing I have a choice. And you, you all know this, but refining this, this recognition of really developing out of self-love, developing an intolerance for stress, distress, Developing an intolerance for it by simply when we start to feel it, no, there's a cause here in my mind. I will not tolerate it. I will not manage and cope with it. That I because it's so ingrained in our ego uh, uh, identification that the the antidote to stress is managing and coping, trying to find a strategy. But that's not it. It's eliminating the cause, and the cause really is it, it is um, what what Carla was talking about there. It's a sense of powerlessness. It's a sense that somehow I'm stressed because I think this is happening to me. That's really what it, and that that's in its essence is powerlessness. If things are happening to us. We don't have the power to stop it, right? And that can make us feel angry. It can make us feel sad. It can make us feel frightened or anxious or irritable or filled with rage or hopeless, all manner of feeling. And it all stems back to that root cause of feeling that it's happening to me. But life is not happening to us. It's happening by us. So we can really begin to identify, wait a minute, it's happening by me, it's not happening to me, which is exactly what Joe was talking about and why he feels guilty in a sense because he knows he's making these choices and he judges himself for the choices. The choices aren't making him happy. So you feel guilty because this is how you're investing your precious life energy. But you wouldn't feel guilty if you weren't judging yourself. So it's all a learning. You know, we're not judging the judger here. 
but it's all learning. So this, this is the thing to practice is that it's not happening to me. It's happening by me. It's happening by me. And so it's about moving into that place of, huh, I'm wondering, I'm very curious, what would make me choose this? How is this a benefit to me? What am I to learn here? So that's the stepping back and becoming the observer, moving more towards that emptiness, right? More towards that zero state. So the if we can say to ourselves, the cause of the stress is in my mind, and even I find it just so relieving of stress to be able to say, Holy Spirit, whatever it is, I have I valued something that's of no value, right? This is the sorting out in, in the teacher's manual and the development of trust section, the sorting out. Holy Spirit, it's time to sift and sort here. These, the, the causes of stress, known and unknown, please take them out of my mind. I don't need them anymore. I'm done. It's not helpful to me to live a stressed life. Joe. Yeah, thank you. I think that was very helpful to me because I was at the beginning of your talk wondering again about how, how much should we, so to say, deal with the darkness. I'm sometimes still struggling with, uh, you know, you say also feeling the feelings, but I think you made it also clear now that it, it's not that we should marinate here in the feelings or that we should, um, yeah, keep the darkness up to, to get to know better and, and get our, you know, that we need to manage and cope to get the related thoughts and beliefs out of it and sit immediately doing the next forgiveness level. Um, how much time should we invest it? And I, I think what I took from what you said is that we, we should do it in a positive way. I have also just heard one of your, of the previous classes today where you said we should just focus on the light. The darkness will take care of itself, right? And you said it beautifully that focus on the light in this way is making this shift saying this is a positive opportunity. I can be grateful for it coming up. And, and having the thoughts really in a, in a, in a positive vibration, so to say, in a, in a vibration with gratitude and not going into the feelings. So I take it, if you said sometime, feel the feelings, it's very short, right? <laughs> not marinate in it yes well said joe and and that's it the many of us we have avoided feeling our feelings because our feelings felt horrible but now yes. we know at least uh intellectually sorry for that at least intellectually we know that our feelings are coming from our thoughts so marinating in the feelings is not helpful, but recognizing the feelings so that we can eliminate the cause of unpleasant feelings 
But is this something we need to do? Sounds to me a little bit like yes, managing COVID. We need, to do. we need to engage with the Holy Spirit and get out of thinking I'm on my own and I have to figure it out. Instead, we partner up and we give it away for healing. We must yeah. do that. That is the thing for us to do. And it was my, my um, directing teacher in film school who would say to the directing students, uh, focus on the light, the dark will take care of itself. Because uh, it, it, about, it was about storytelling. And so uh, in our life, we do have a tendency to focus on the darkness rather than the light. Why is that? Because we made the perception of darkness, the projection of darkness. We didn't make the light. We are the light. So we focus on what we made, which are our opinions, our judgments, and everything that is, in a sense, darkness. So focus on the light and, and give any perceptions of darkness to the Holy Spirit for healing. It's really you know, doing that many times a day that brings us into the speed healing. It really shifts the energy super fast. Carla? I think, I think what maybe I misremembered for a little while or something, but I'm, what I'm hearing is when I saw all these appearances of problems or my, my reaction to them as issues, as problems, something wrong with me, actually, as opportunities, as opportunities. When I really recognized that word, was the most beautiful word in the, in, in that time. Of course, every week this new beautiful word, but um, when I saw them as opportunities, like to clean stuff from my mind, that I get to see it and go, thank you. And I started this practice, and I haven't done it for a week or two. Thank you. Show me another. Thank you. Show me another. So I, I want to remember that. So I want to speak here because I want to remember. Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Yes, gratitude lifts our vibration so we can see and hear and feel and know more clearly. Jenny, last thought. Oh, yeah. I've, it was really helpful, Joe, what you were saying, because that was kind of my qu question is just, I feel like, you know, when you're moving, when I feel like I'm moving through a big piece and it's, and it's really painful and so it's difficult to look towards it and then I was kind of asking myself am I marinating in it am I and I don't know how to distinguish in some ways but I do feel like I'm moving I guess I, my question is kind of how do you know when you're marinating in it is it kind of when because <laughs> I, I feel like it keeps coming up and but I feel like maybe that's cathartic like it's it's coming up and out and up and out and up and out and that I'll 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 come through the other side but also it feels so big that there's a part of me that's like just wants it to be done do you know what I mean oh can it just be done now because I don't want to have to feel that again I don't know if you can say anything about that as a closing thought like I guess it is part I have partnered up with spirit and spirit has kind of been so tender and that that's that's really beautiful thing but I think there's a 
part that's shutting wants to shut down the feeling because it's 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 hard to tolerate absolutely absolutely that's why uh i i say feel the feeling it's the way out but if you go into marination uh in the feelings then you can get overwhelmed with it mm. because the feelings are an effect right the cause is our belief or our thoughts so effects are all temporary beliefs are temporary too so the thing is you know recognizing this appearance of this emotion this feeling it's to help me move to the light to help me awaken from the dream of separation so looking at it changing the thinking one where this is helpful to me this is, this, this is not an adversary but you know many of us have had experiences in our youth where um it was terrifying it was terrifying it was uh just so frightening so terrifying so overwhelming so distressing and in our adult life too but a lot of times we've had it as a child and this life or other lifetimes and so the feelings are intolerable it's like uh some it's like a being a burn victim and putting a burn victim into a, a breeze you know a windstorm where mm. just the slightest movement of the air is painful to the burn victim uh so recognizing that uh now in this moment now you don't have to relive the past right in therapy sometimes people feel there's benefit to reliving the past i'm thinking of the movie ordinary people you know where there's that scene where he relives when his brother drowned and all of that and he yeah. but you know um so we avoid wanting to relive the terror or relive but we don't we don't have to so if you in this moment can be the, the adult mhm and say there's a cause here there's a pot of gold here and even just to say i i'm just giving it to the holy spirit and and sometimes we can say if there is something to me to feel in order to really recognize what's going on here i have the courage to do i have the courage i am doing it with you mm. i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i am not alone thou art with me and so holding that in our mind it dissolves the terror it, it lifts us up it carries us like rosin I think what we could say more but we're way over time here. So quick last thought on it. Um yeah, the last thing cuz I I feel like I understand what Joe and Renier talking about. You totally addressed it so I don't, you know, but what I wanted to say was that underneath um when we when we marinate in a feeling along with that is like I feel like there's two things there's analysis of that feeling, there's analysis of the darkness which the darkness is not understandable because it has no properties of its own so you cannot analyze darkness because it is not understandable so that will make you more insane and keep you marinating right so what what i'm hearing you say Jennifer is basically what i'm kind of saying here now is that 
when you have that feeling, it's important to bring it up to understand what that belief is that you have, but giving it up to the Holy Spirit or letting it go is ultimately the way of releasing it. So you don't have to stay in the feeling forever and analyze it and like turn it and think about what it all means. You just have to understand it enough to realize it's not true and I can give it up. And once you give it up, it's gone because the Holy Spirit takes care of it. Whether you do it by partnering up or having that solid trust, I mean, it's the same thing. But letting those feelings go by bringing them up, that's the important thing. Not marinating it by marinating in it, by analyzing it and believing in it and making further incorrect judgments through it. So that's kind of what I wanted to add to that because I know from going through it that the underlying fear I had was that if I look at the feeling and if I experience the, if I relive the moment and if I feel the feeling and if I go through it, I will go in this into this hell that I'll never get out of. And now I know that's totally untrue. And if we let it pass through us, we will feel completely cleansed and peaceful and loving, and we'll feel it. And I, I know it. I know it to be true for real because the amount of peace that I have in me that just flows uh, is incredible. I mean, it's not like a normal, like just a calmness. It's like a flowing peace, and you will get that. It will happen. So just trust that. And that's what A Course in Miracle points to, the peace of passive understanding. It is there. It is present. You're just blocking it from these misbeliefs. So you don't have anything to be afraid of is really what I'm trying to say. By feeling those feelings, you're not going to fall into a hole of darkness. That's not going to happen. It's just going to keep they're, – they're going to go away and be replaced by the Holy Spirit, by love, by God. Yes, and in a sense, Anand, uh, what you're saying is it's like the child who can find the courage to turn on the lights and look under the bed and see there is no monster. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there that's going to – ultimately, you're afraid of looking underneath – but if you looked underneath, you'd find there's nothing there. Exactly. There's yeah. nothing to be afraid of, ultimately. Yeah, the only thing that's ever there is our own judgments. Yeah. That's the only thing that's ever there. And and those are can dissolve in an instant. We just say, oh, no, don't need that anymore. One of the things I think is really uh, important to just add to what you're saying, Anand, is when we choose to look at something even to feel our feelings sometimes there is sometimes the possibility that we could energize the false again yeah that option is often there that we could reattach to the meaning we made of it in the past Right and validated. So remember that a course. In, this is so vital for us to understand. A course in miracles tells us that uh, it's not forgiveness to say, "Well, there was a sin, but I'm going to let go of my judgments about it." It's a course in miracles. The teaching is there was no sin. There was no error because this is an illusion. So, and, and that, that's tough for us. So that's the only thing. That's why the Holy Spirit showed me, you don't have to know the root cause of your upset, but just be willing to recognize, you know what? I feel angry now. And I'm going to give that anger and the root cause of it to the Holy Spirit. You know what? 
I'm feeling a little sad right now. We could start to look, oh, maybe it's because I don't know when I'm going to talk to my friend again, or maybe it's because, uh, blah, blah. You know, we don't need to look for the cause. Our higher Holy Spirit self knows the cause with laser precision. We, then that is our true self. We know the cause. Just give the cause away. Give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. So it's really valuable not to reattach from it because we're so used to learning things through experience, learning things through exercising the intellect. But true knowing comes from remembering, comes from recognizing, comes from realization. It doesn't come from adding up numbers together. It comes from knowing the answer, you know? And so, and, and when we know the answer, we know that we know that we know, and we know it's true because it doesn't come from analyzing it doesn't come from saying well this plus this equals this so i'm pretty sure this plus this will equal that based on what i've experienced no no we're we're eliminating that way of being in the world it's it's pretty radical you know i soft pedal it really but it's it's really radical because what i'm encouraging us all to do is just to to get rid of the past and the conditioning the conditioned view, that's what Venerable calls it, the concretized view or the conditioned view, concretized thought, she'll say. So we're, we're, we're just giving it to the spirit for healing, and that is radical. That's radical because for forever we've been saying, no, you have to talk about your feelings and look at, you know, but we don't actually have to do that. But it does help us to recognize the choice point to invoke spiritual healing is to say, you know what, I just have to be present with right now, I'm feeling really hurt. Because the tendency is to just say, ah, I'm going to make some coffee, and I think I'm going to call my friend and see if the new baby toys arrive, and I'm not going to think about that. So that's why I'm saying it's so important to feel our feelings. Because if we just say, oh, I don't want to think about that, I'm going to go, now I'm going to go do something productive. I'm going to figure out how to get my car serviced. No, that's not productive. What's productive is to realize I'm feeling threatened. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frightened. And there's a root cause. The Holy Spirit knows what it is. And I am empowered. I am a powerful being of pure light. The darkness has no power over me. And spirit is, I, I ask you, please take this from me. I don't need it anymore. I've traveled many lifetimes with it, however long. And in this moment now, I'm exercising my spiritual power and saying I am complete with this experience. Known or unknown, felt or not felt, recognized or unrecognized, understood or not understood, I'm complete with it. And I would rather live without it. I am willing to be free. So that's what's so important about feeling our feelings. Is if we don't feel our feelings, we shove them in the back and we go forward and no healing happens. No part of that healing experience requires 
or even uh, values marination. Got it? Yeah. So, I mean, this is really, this is radical in a sense. It's really, it's really saying to the Holy Spirit, I'm really willing. I'm so willing. I'm giving it to you completely. I'm taking my ego hands off of it. When we're marinating, we're totally identified with separation. Yeah, baby. So I'm talking and about what about this term that you both said about understanding the underlying belief? Yeah, see, the ego wants to analyze it to understand it because the ego never understands anything. So that's, it's always going to send us on this, hey, well, let's just see if we can understand it. But the ego will never succeed in understanding anything. You know, the ego can understand how to make pancakes, but it will never understand causation in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But the spirit knows, and that's different than understanding. Knowing is different than understanding. So mm -hmm. let us not be fooled into trying to understand things. Like try to understand other people's feelings or why they do what they do. as a huge waste of energy and time. Ultimately, we will learn from it, but there's much faster ways. We can just say to Spirit, Spirit, I'd like to know what's going on with that person. Please let me know. And then, then we can make the coffee. And maybe when we're drinking the coffee, it'll come into our awareness. If it's helpful to us. If it's not, we may not find out. And we can we can learn to trust that if we if spirit doesn't make it clear to us, it's it's not valuable. Either that or we're not willing to really know. Yes. But we're way over time here. So Thank I must you. go. <laughs> because I have another thing. And what a beautiful class. Beautiful class. So we are grateful and we are thankful to come together for our healing. We are grateful for the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us in this precious conversation. We are grateful and thankful to give away everything that obscures our awakened awareness. So grateful that we rely upon the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting of whatever feels too challenging. We're letting that go. We're claiming our healing back to the root cause, and we're letting it be. We share the benefits with all. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you.